Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In this multidimensional world, much of which is invisible to the eye, a group of non-physical entities have come here to expand our knowledge of how the universe works. These non-physical teachers are called Joshua, and they convey their teachings through Gary Temple Bodley. Each week, Gary, with a selection of Law of Attraction experts, open up a roundtable of thought-provoking discussions surrounding the teachings of Joshua. Joshua's intention is to bring clarity to the listeners through the ever-expanding Law of Attraction by looking at reality from a new perspective. Welcome to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Hello, everyone. This is episode 15 of the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today is January 16th, 2016. In this episode, we're going to talk about the lottery. Everyone wants to win the lottery. This week, a few people won a lot of money. Today, we're going to talk about the vibrational frequency of winning the lottery. I asked Joshua a question about this, and their answer will be, a, will be surprising to many of you. We will also, also discuss Joshua's quote of the week, which is about discovering what it is you truly want. If you want to receive the question of the week and the quote of the week every Saturday, just go to theteachingsofjoshua.com and sign up for the free newsletter. It's a great way to follow along with the show. On the roundtable today, we have Steve Finitza. Hi, Steve. Hey, Gary. And Janine Kodakovich. Hi, Janine. Hi, Gary. And Michael Cutson. Hi, Michael. Hey, Gary. Awesome. I'm glad you guys are with us. Did you guys pay any attention to the lottery this week? Oh, yes. <laughs> Did you guys buy tickets? Uh, yes, and in several uh, pools. Really? How, so how many um, p- tickets did you get, do you think, in all the pools and everything? Uh, well, I know that at my work we had like uh, almost 200 tickets we purchased. Oh. And um, of yes. those tickets, did you get – how many numbers did you get right? I think we won $8. Excellent. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, we're letting it ride. <laughs> Did I, you guys I, I, ever um, study math in school by any chance? Do you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Are, are you speaking you know, of statistics? I, no, I'm kidding because we know that that, that doesn't really matter to us, it, does it? Yeah, I'm kidding. And uh, Michael, did you buy any tickets? Uh, I bought three, you know, three tickets. I spent, I put a big $6 on it, and my wife was part of an office pool. Uh-huh, good. And Janine, how about you? You know, I didn't. Honestly, the line was just too long, and I'm like, uh, it's okay. But I did say to my husband, I'm like, Tim, did you buy some tickets? He's like, sure. And I spoke <laughs> with my sister, and she was given a gift, and um, she happened to be online, and she's like, you know what? What's all this hoopla? So she went and bought 25 tickets. So I was like, uh-huh. good luck. Yeah, it's I better if, she would, if, if she won, she would share with me anyway. Of course, right. Yeah, my friend um, bought a whole bunch of tickets at their office and and he goes you're covered if i win you're covered i said okay good <laughs> I only didn't buy it, so. we didn't buy any and what i thought was funny was <clears throat> i did notice the line and uh it's like there's no line when there's six million dollars but there's a big line when there's a billion dollars <laughs> really it's that big of a difference okay whatever i i would i would take the six too <laughs> yeah <clears throat> uh okay so janine you want to go ahead with the quote Absolutely. You must, you must ask yourself often what you truly desire. If you were free from the influence of others and your materialistic society, what would you truly want? If you believed you could have or do anything, what would it be? If you believed you were as worthy, ups, my quote just left me. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. Um, if you believed just, you were as worthy as any of as any other, what path would you take, Joshua? Very good. So this is something that Joshua talks about a lot, is trying to discover what it is you really want. So when people say, I want to win the lottery, nobody wants to win the lottery. What they want is the money that comes with it. And why do they want the money? So nobody really wants money either. It's what money can do. So you need to get in touch with what it is that you really want. 
And if you think about it, what it is you really want is probably what it is you already have or what you're on your way to getting. Um, and a lot of people want to get out of situations that they're in. So they're trying to get run away from something and that doesn't ever work because you have to want something that you, you know, move towards what you real, truly want. And another thing is a lot of people want what they see others wanting. So they think, well, you know, I want this because this person has this. Actually, I have my car now. Um, my first car was a 740 Turbo Volvo because my boss had that car. And the car I have now, my best friend had that car first. And I also had um, <laughs> the exact same car as my other best friend, too, at one time, at the same time. Exactly same color, everything. <laughs> so are you saying that was an influence of others? Yeah, but they had good taste, so it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> I love these cars. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there that ad, that tuna ad? No, that's not good taste. It means the question is whether it tastes good. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but we're influenced uh, by... Ta oh, Charlie Tuna. Charlie Tuna, right. So... so when you really drill down what you want, it's it's not um, like a lot of things to make yourself feel good because, okay, um, when you think about what you want, it's not to feel worthy because you're already worthy, right? It's not to be free because you're really already free. Uh, it's, so there's so many things that is truly not these things that you want. You have to sort of figure this out, what it is you really want. You can't be influenced by society, uh, you know, and when it comes to it, I don't know. What what is it that everyone wants? If you won if you won the lottery, what would you do with it? Cars, sports cars. <laughs> there you go. Sports cars. Okay. So you you've got go I'm ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. Finish with Steve. So Steve has the, the best car of all of us, I bet. I'm right? sure he does. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm yep. sure of that. <laughs> See, so he's gotten what he it, it depends on what you're looking for in a car. I would some people would say I, I uh, if you're talking about my Lotus some people yeah. would say that's obviously that it's the worst car. If you sat in it, it's the most uncomfortable thing you've ever sat in in your life, because it's got racing seats. Literally, they are racing seats, mm. and uh, I love it. I mean, I'm in heaven when I'm sitting in it. But getting in and out of it is is it's known across the automotive world as the worst car to get in and out of. You cannot uh -huh. do it gracefully you look terrible going because you have to fold yourself in half and kind of slide in over this big wide sill and then you fall down like another foot into the seat because you're sitting like two inches off the ground and it's it's kind of funny in the uh is the this top way. is the top is it a convertible yeah it does have a top that uh my version does have a top that comes off and it does make it easier to get in and out of but, uh -huh. um like my wife doesn't, she's not a, a big fan of going far in it. Let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but you must look great in it. Well, but that's something you're interested in and you have a car that totally fits your interest already. And so what you would want is just more of that, you know. Yeah, you know, and I was higher, kind of, bigger versions of it. I was looking at. I used to think that my my car love was just pure passion, right? Oh. But I actually discovered there is a nugget of I want the uh, there's a there's a worthiness thing. I will feel more worthy in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini uh, or you right. know one of the fancy ones. And I was actually shocked. I was I thought I was above all that, but you know I I've been. Uh, almost like fibbing to myself so long I was believing it. You know what I mean? It was kind of eye-opening to find out. Well, you know, there's something to that because I would feel more worthy in a Bentley, yet there would be people who would not want to own a Bentley because it's too ostentatious, right? Yeah. They, they, it's, it's too far beyond their vibrational reach. For me, I could do it. I, I'm, I'm at that level, I think. And I would, I would even feel better about myself, which is... Something it, interesting to look at there. It just really quick to add. I don't want to monopolize the radio program here, but on the when I first got the Lotus, it was very hard to go places because people like whip out their their cell phones and uh -huh. to take pictures, and I just noticed that I was getting all this attention every time I I rode in it, right? And it was just very weird feeling. Yep. And now when I go out in it, I don't even. It's almost like to me people aren't noticing the car anymore. Because, because your vibration's different. It, it's weird. I don't see anybody yep. whipping out their cell phones, and and I just think I'm in my regular car, and yep. it's it's weird how the be it's almost like behavior changed, even though well, your vibrations changed, and so what you what you what you received in the reflection of your world was different. 
Um, and it's the same thing when you buy a car, you see the same car everywhere, you know. Um, so you're, <clears throat> uh, what, what you're vibrating is completely different. Like, so, so there's a little discomfort when you first got it with how you're being perceived in it because you care about what people think of you. Mm-hmm. And then once you got over that, then you didn't notice it anymore. Yeah, and, and some people like that attention, you know. Well, I, I, I don't think it's bad. I mean, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. When Lily got her electric car, um, there was one of the first ones sold from that, our dealership, and you never saw them anywhere. And people would take photos of it all the time. And now I think we've gotten used to it, and it's not such a big deal anymore. Even though there aren't, I've never seen another one around. It's still pretty unique. But I think just because we got used to it, we don't see that as often. Yeah. Right. Um, Janine, That's, what do you what do you want? Uh, well, I, you know, what's your I, desire? I have I have several of them, but I just want to back up to the car thing um, because Steve, by you bringing this up and and Gary, how you feel in that car, it just made me think of something I haven't thought about in years. But after my first son, I was driving a Nissan Maxima, and after my first son, my husband surprised me and came home with a Nissan Quest. You ready for this? Minivan. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there were so many people in my neighborhood. You know, I, I lived out in Wellington at the time, and there were so many people that were like, oh, my gosh, I love that. Your That new Quest is beautiful, and the color is great, and you're so lucky, and da-da. And all I kept thinking is, oh, my gosh, I'm behind a minivan. You know, here comes this, you know, I was such a career girl, and now yeah. How did this happen? And, uh, you know, it just, it, you know, now, of course, my vibrations changed since then. But I'll tell you, it was the happiest day when I said bye-bye and I went to right. like a, a Tahoe or something. I just felt, you know, I just didn't look right behind a mini wheel and just didn't resonate with me. Yet I had friends that loved theirs and many of, you know, many people admired mine. It just wasn't for me, at the, right. you know, at the time, especially. But um, that's, that's the, uh, we should learn a lesson from surprise gifts. Absolutely, absolutely. But now I go out and I help him pick my car. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but um, okay. So anyway, what is it you want? What's your well, What's your true this, desire? This question was actually pretty thought provoking to me because when I first read it, I said, "Gosh, I think I want just more of the same." Because I think with doing all this work um, recently, that I'm manifesting my heart's desire. But then I thought, okay, well, you already have so much of that. You have, you know. Um, you know, uh, a loving husband and my boys and my family, because to me, life is all about love, sharing it, giving it, friends, family, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I would have more of the same, but I thought, well, if that, like, if, if everybody was okay and the kids were grown and, you know, I could do my own thing, what would I really want to do? And it made me right away, the first thing that popped up is, you know, I'd probably like mirror, like the life that mother Teresa had, but not, so much so as her, but I would love to travel the world and I would love to give whatever my gifts are to, to people. I'd like to go to areas of, um, you know, in poverty to help people and would, and, you know, mother Teresa of course was known for, um, for dressing and, um, uh, you know, feeding the poor, you know, especially in the streets of Calcutta. Well, I would want to, I would want to not only travel the world, but here in the United States, because I found um, in the spring when I went to Thailand and Cambodia, I had such an awesome experience that literally I had tears in my eyes, but sometimes the tears were actually tears of joy because I saw and met so many kids on floating villages in Cambodia, um, in the streets of Burma that were so super, super poor, but they were so filled with love and they were so light. And, you know, just by me coming up to them and giving them a little tablet or a book or a pen or some crayons, or it was, and and sharing a hug. That's what it's about. It's about going out there and spreading the love. So I would spread love worldwide. That's what I would. That's great. Wow. That's my passion. Well, my passion doesn't sound terrible. (laughs) No, 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 there's no right or wrong. Joshua said there's no right or wrong. You can can do that now, Janine. You don't need to win the lottery to do that. No, I absolutely don't. You're right. right. I'm always, um, I'm always about planning my next trip. So um, that's like fun. Yeah. All right. Very good. Michael, what about you? What's your true desire? My true desire mm-hmm. is to be to feel peace. To feel to peace. F- to feel, yeah, I mean, ultimately, when you dig down far enough, it's to feel yeah. peace, to feel joy, and to feel, and, and to, you know, basically give away the worries in my life. Yeah, that, would, know, that I, would be awesome. 
I agree right. with you there. That would be now, at the end of the day. You know, we've had this discussion before. I, you know, I'm very insecure about finances. Uh, you know, I worry. You know, while I do a lot of things, you know, like a lot of people that they do, you know, that I would not otherwise want to or want to do if I felt completely secure about uh, my financial situation. And part of it, you know, through through Joshua's teachings, I'm hoping to get past a lot of that. And to be able to do, you know, to pursue more of my own, my individual passions. If I were completely secure financially and otherwise, I'd want to be able to, you know, Janine, I'm with you. I'd want to be able to travel. I'd want to be able to do, you know, do good things for people. We were, uh, my wife and I were out with another couple last night, and we were all laughing about what we would do if we had a billion dollars. What would be, mm-hmm. what would the, what would the first things we would do? And we went around. We went around the table, and everyone was talking about the things they would buy. And the first things I did, because I'm a trust and estates lawyer, I said, "Well, first you have to ca- compute what the tax is. Then we set up a private foundation to give to charity, knowing that that cuts the taxes. So we do it immediately, so that there's more both for charities and for us. Then we make give. Then we make tax efficient gifts. Then we do the. You know, and I went through this whole process, and they said, "Michael, you killed the whole exercise." Yeah, none of that sounds fun. Not one bit of it. It all sounds like work. You know, I. I, I love. I'm, first thing I do when I win the lottery is I'm going to hire Michael. <laughs> yeah, let him do all the crappy part of it. Yeah. Exactly. I met with a friend yesterday, and she um, does financial advising. And she actually was, you know, for some of the parts, I was so intent on what she was saying, and then other parts, she lost me. But I was like thinking, you know what? Not that I wasn't following her content, but it's just like, oh, you know, um, she she knows. Uh, she's just on a different level than I was. So I was trying to follow along, but then I was like, you know what? The first thing I need to do is hire her. Yeah. I felt like, hey, you know, you really do. Well, some people are, enjoy that, that stuff. Well, let's go and uh, move on and see what Joshua says about all this. Um, so I <clears throat> asked Joshua a question about the lottery. And um, so we're going to use that one this week since it's up here. Um, and Michael, you want to be me and ask the question? Sure, I'll be you. Okay, now let Steve read the answer. Got it. Dear Joshua, the big lottery is capturing the attention of the nation. The jackpot is over $1 billion. Up until this very point in my life, I would have loved to win the lottery. Now, I am not so sure. What the hell is going on? Why do I feel this way? Gary. Yeah, so for me, when I was starting to think about winning $1.4 billion, I... um, I thought maybe I don't want to win that. So let's, after all, you know, which is sort of contrarian to how I've always felt and what everyone else thinks too. Yeah. So I don't um, understand it. But you don't understand? Okay. I, I admire it though. I'm like, wow, I wish I could get to that place. Because well, I'm, okay. So we'll read Joshua's answer and Joshua says it perfectly. So go ahead and start with that. Okay. Dear Gary, until recently, you have been living life from a limited perspective of fear. Yeah, from the limited perspective of fear, which is what most people are living, you know, yeah. generally worried about money and worried about surviving and worried about all this stuff. Yeah, I had no Amen. idea. I had no idea. <laughs> Before starting the journey with Joshua, I had no idea how much fear was is in my life. You know, I just, oh well. Yeah, because you get used to it. Yeah. It's part of life. It's just, yeah. it's just there. So yeah. you are starting to live life from the higher perspective of love. You are starting to feel that you are supported You are beginning to realize that you are already living an abundant life. You are living the life you prefer. You are a vibrational match to everything that exists in your life. Why would you want this to change? You are now beginning to understand that winning the lottery would simply disrupt the life you are living. And since it is the life you prefer, why would you seek to disrupt it? Okay, so that's interesting. Imagine this life that I have, which is fulfilling doing this you know, spreading Joshua and maintaining all that stuff and building this community of people who are interested in this information. And um, then I also have all the free time I want to play poker, which is, you know, and, and I'm actually in a marriage that allows me to do it because Lily has her business and she's focused on that. And so, you know, I can't really participate in her business too much without getting in the way. So I have to do something else, and this is my passion. And if I won even $10 million, say, do you think I'd have fun winning $2,500 like I did last night? It's, it would not be mean nothing to me. 
So the fun that I have with all the guys there and all the people that are working there and the employees and everybody is is worth so much more than than I could imagine having money and using that for. So that's that's the first thing I thought. Okay, so why don't you go into the next paragraph? Okay. Money is energy, and this is the most beneficial way to think about it. When you turn on the light, you are using energy. There is an abundance of energy flowing in your home, and you are never concerned that the light will not come on when you need it. You just flip the switch, and the light comes on. You do not leave the light on because you want to hoard the energy. This would make no sense. You simply turn the light on when needed and turn it off when you don't. This is how money should be thought of. It comes when you need it. You know, and that's an interesting thing. It comes when you need it and not when you want it. If you are in this state of allowing. And so I haven't worked. You know, I, my um, appraisal company, I shut that down in like 2009 I think and then I did a few appraisals after that but then I then I just let my appraisal license go altogether which is super hard to get so it was like a big thing to let it go and then this money just keeps coming in in weird places like I'll sell a house here or um, you know win a poker tournament or something will happen but we'll just get a bunch of money it's just really interesting and now I don't even worry about it anymore but there's, if you look at the bank account, it's totally different than it was in 2005. But my lifestyle is pretty much the same as it was. But there's, you can't point to a source of money for anything. It's just coming, hmm. which is pretty awesome. It is awesome. I'm jealous. Great. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll continue. Okay. Most people view money as the only way to get anything they want. But this is a false premise. Money in and of itself is of very little use and can even cause problems. The way to receive all that you want is to have pure focus and desire. We say pure, meaning it's true. You might have a desire for money, yet it's not the money you want. It's freedom or love or acceptance or worthiness. These are the things that money cannot buy, and they are not true desires. Okay, so this is an interesting thing, too. So, first of all, you have a desire for money, but money, you don't really care about the money. What you do, what you care about is what the money is used for. And then you have to figure out a desi- your desire. And Joshua says that you might have the desire for freedom or love or acceptance or worthiness. But those aren't true desires either because uh, you're already worthy. You know, and, we'll, and Joshua will go on, so I don't want to spoil it. I, go I, I just wanted to add that I, I see the analogy of money as like saying that you want to have battery. You want to, you want batteries, you know, yeah. you, you, you want right. to be, it's not the batteries you want. It's the things that are running in the battery. Right. Exactly. Okay. Good analogy there. Money might make you feel worthy for a time, but it's illusory and does not last. You are already worthy. And if you feel unworthy, money will only cause these feelings of unworthiness to intensify. If you feel trapped, money will not free you. The money will intensify the feelings of being trapped. Money certainly cannot buy love or acceptance. You must learn to love and accept yourself first. Okay. I, I'm going to say that in, in my situation that I'm in, I feel trapped. And I think that the money will free me. That's, okay. what I, that, that's, my, that's the, the gold ring for me or the brass ring that you grab. Right. And so that's what everyone thinks. But does not <clears throat> what you want is the feeling of freedom, right? Well, so you're focused on the feeling of being trapped instead of focusing on the feeling. You're not doing the work. But, but money's it's, the it's, shortcut. It's logic. I this is my logic. The logic is okay. I have a monthly. Uh, I need this much month, this much money every month, just to keep maintain where I'm at. And so, in order to get that money, I have to go to, to you know to work every day. So. You know this, so the cycle I see it is okay. If I win the lottery, boom. Okay, I don't have to go to work every day. I'm free instantly. Yeah. I'm free. So I. But you'll be trapped some other way, though. Which the work you need to do is is figure out <clears throat> um, how to feel free, and then start feeling that. And I'm not saying it's easy. Oh yeah. But, but that's that's what you have to do. You can't just say. Um, if I change my job, I'll feel better. Or if I get money, I'll you know win the lottery. I'll I'll, I'll I'll be free because something else, the situation that you've got yourself into, came as a result of these 
limiting beliefs that you've had over time. Yeah. It's, it's, and now you have to start. I mean, I'm just starting to do it now. I had the same thing. Um, you know, I was pretty much trapped by my business. And once, you know, once it fell apart, basically, because of the economy, I was no longer trapped. And all the worry that I had that I had to maintain my boat, my house, and cars, and all this stuff, well, <clears throat> which I didn't like anyway, right? Then my boat, we had a, we had, <laughs> we had a boat in the backyard that we didn't really go on that much. Nobody wanted to go on it. It was not a big deal. We sort of forced ourselves to go on it because it was there. We felt guilty if we didn't. We had a second house 20 miles away in Del Rey that we felt totally guilty if we didn't go and stay there on the weekends. But if we did, you know, it was sort of a – we'd miss our friends up here. It was like a big deal. So all that stuff's gone, and now we just have what we have, and um, our bills are, I guess, I'd have to say maybe 5% of what they were before. Wow. You know? Whoa. So <laughs> there's no debt. There's no bills. There's no nothing. We have a car payment, a little house payment, and – that's it, hmm. and uh, so that's freeing, and I don't have to work anymore. You know, I, I tried to yeah. talk the family into downsizing, but no, yeah. one, no one was on board. There you <laughs> go, because you you have what you want. You're not really trapped. You're just you're just focusing on the trapped aspect of it. But right, you can go ahead and get a one bedroom apartment in um, Las Vegas. I was thinking for, of a van down by the river, or a van. Yeah, right. uh-huh. yeah. But how, Steve, how would Steve? How would your wife feel about it? Not very good. <laughs> I mean, that, really I mean you know, I mean, let's, I mean, the reality is that we all have families to deal. We 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 have our constituencies, as some right. people say. Yeah. And yeah, when for us family people, it's our it's our spouses, it's our children. Yeah. yeah. And, so and, and while we and while we may, you know, as I, you know, as I sometimes have jokes, I don't need, you know, I could live in a very very modest situation as long as I have the modest situation. But the question would be, how happy or unhappy would my family be? And as a result of their unhappiness, would I be yeah. unhappy? So you're projecting that anyway, and that, that's not going to really happen. Like, you know, we were unhappy for a while, but at the same time, we were so free. We were, were spending so much more time together, too. We went from, you know, working 60 hours a week trying to maintain these businesses to not working at all and living together in the same house that was so far away from everyone else that we spent, you know, all that time together and we had so much fun. It was great. We did exercise. We walked together. We went on trips. We went on road, cheap road trips. It was fantastic. And so it was just a perception that all this stuff was making us happy and really it was trapping us. Wow. And so thanks to the collapse of the real estate economy in Florida – we got to realize that we didn't need any of that stuff. But we were on that same path everyone was. And now, after first Abraham and Joshua, we just said, screw it. We're just going to do what we love to do. And so every minute of every day is blissful, mm-hmm. which it really is. It's un- unbelievable. The, the holy grail. Yep. I'm starting to get to that place, Gary. Um, before kids, I had a job that I covered all of Southeast um, Florida. So I traveled all the time. And then after I had my first son, I realized, you know, I was missing everything. I was so unhappy. And, you know, but hey, I went into this big house at the time, you know, the mortgage, my husband's like, this, this will, you know, both of our salaries it'll take to maintain it. I was like on board with that. I'm a career girl. And then I realized how unhappy I was. And I was, I don't care if we lose money, let's lose money on this house. You know what? It'll come back to us in other ways. Well, long story short, I was able to stay home. I was really blessed to be able to stay home for like at least 14 years. Um, And my husband has his own company. So I helped with that. But um, I was able to to do my main job because to me, um, raising my kids is my job. Like I want, I have three boys that I want to be productive members of society with good morals and values. So that that's where I put all my time and energy. Well, when the economy started tanking, as you, Gary, you spoke about the end of 2008, 2009, and with my husband being self-employed, he said, Janine, it would really be helpful if you went back to work for the benefits. Yeah. And, and at that mm-hmm. time, he goes, oh, you could keep your own money, you know, but just the benefits. <laughs> well, yeah, I went back to work. I was very blessed because that was my first interview in, let's say, at least 17 years. Got the job. Um, and um, 
I worked for the state and it was wonderful because the benefits were absolutely amazing. But the actual job that I first landed wasn't, did it match with my desire, with my heart? Absolutely not. But then little by little, I made the job work for me instead of me for the job. And then the next thing you know, I was promoted into a position that I was able to impact many lives and stuck with that straight up through until May. But I knew I already, you know, changed the, the way the program worked there and I brought it to a level, but I also knew Tim was thriving and it's, it's time to go back and focus on family and his business. So, um, so we all, so, you know, yeah, so I can see that we get in this, um, we start out by adopting these beliefs that you should have a career, you should make money, you should buy a house, you should have a family, and do all this stuff without really understanding what it is we truly want. But the, your vibration informs it anyway. So you sort of um, are moving along this path of getting everything you want. And if you, if you analyze your life right now, you'd have to say, most of us listening to this, that 97% of what we have, we, we want and we love. And... It's just a little bit of tweaking here and there. But, you know, Steve, when you got your job, which is pretty much suited to you, which is, it's a tech, techie kind of job, isn't it? Computer kind yep. of job? Mm-hmm. So that was in your interest. And now it's just not as fulfilling as maybe it once was, but it certainly does bring in the, the abundance that you have to keep everything else going. Yeah. Um, so... And I see that as you keep, you know, working here, it's just going to morph into something. But I don't think you have to fear losing it because, you know, I feared losing it and, and it turned out better to, better that week. I think that that what we really want is going to come out eventually as long as we allow it. My, All right. Let's go on with the next part of this. Uh, let me just throw this in real fast. Yeah. My, my common theme is I would love to get to a place where I feel safe and secure and financially. And I don't, I don't think you ever really, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's uh, to be expected. In, okay, so here's how I do it. I have no, no money. I don't, I know that money will come in as I need it, right? I know that just because I've been so involved in this Joshua stuff that I know that's how it works. I used to have to think how it was going to come. I used to have to know how it was coming. I used to have to connect the dots. Now I don't connect the dots anymore. And it comes. And that sounds crazy to a lot of people. It says, well, maybe that works for you because, you know, you've got certain things set up. But um, it can't work for me. And uh, it can't work for you if you don't believe it. But when you come to believe it, like I'm coming to believe it now. It's a hard leap. but I'm coming to believe it. And it just it's just the evidence is there. So it's interesting. I, I know it on a on a logical because, uh, right. You know, I know it's supposed to be like air. When you need it, you just breathe and it's there. Mm-hmm. We don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. But it's like you said, you you have to, you know, you, you've been this, I've been this way for 50 years. It's tough right. to make that final, it's like I just need to make that final leap in it. I know oh. it's going to be great. I can feel it. Well, Joshua tells us next, okay. the next paragraph there. Money is a focus of desire. And as such, it is freely given by the universe. However, it's never the money you truly want. It's always something else. Money will come if you want it badly enough, but wouldn't it be better to understand what it is you truly want and focus on that instead? Right. So if you can do that and ignore the money, then the money will come. All right. So let's go to the next paragraph there because that explains it better. Money comes most often as a side effect of following a passion or interest. When you do something you love without the desperate need to create money, the money will come as needed to support your passion. It may not come in the amount or frequency that will keep you feeling secure. That's another subject altogether. But it will come in the amount and frequency you need. Abundance is having what you need, when you need it, and nothing more. When you think of abundance, think of air. It comes when you need it as much as you need it, but not more. There's no point in storing air unless you're sinking underwater. That's sort of a joke there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Abundance uh, is having what you need when you need it, nothing more. And that's something Bashar says, too. You know, just real quick, when I was in college, I was a poor college student, you know, working myself, working my way through college. And I had a piggy bank from when I was a kid 
that I, I that I carried with me, and it was a couple times I got down to the piggy bank for for my amount of money, right? That I would need, so I would get change to go get like money for food. Uh-huh. And it was funny how every time I got down to the piggy bank, uh, money would just come from an unusual source, right? And uh-huh. back then I didn't quite realize it was the universe working, but I was always I was always looking forward to it when happening. I would say I've hit the piggy oh, wow. bank. Let's see where the money's going to come from. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. It was kind of an adventure. That's super. <laughs> That's okay. Awesome. Okay. If um, if you were to win the lottery, your life would change. The things you find interesting now would lose their interest, and you would need to find new ones. You are a vibrational match to everything in your life. If you are a vibrational match to a large sum of money, it could come as needed. If you received money but were not a vibrational match to security, the money would quickly leave. If this happened, you would feel worse having lost or squandered the money. So you see, this happens with a lot of lottery winners. There's some um, statistic that huge amount of people, um, the majority of people who win a million dollars lose it within one year. Um, That's right. Yeah, and well, you I see that a, you see that with I, pro athletes too, who come who suddenly right. who often are, are poverty stricken and suddenly come into money, and within two years they're bankrupt. In fact, yeah. the statistic is abs- actually shocking in the NBA and the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, ha- yeah, it's, it's the majority of them winds up in bankruptcy, and some of them have lost you know tens of millions or even hundreds of millions of dollars. And then you just feel worse afterwards. You wish you would never won the lottery because now you're here's your, here you are this guy who had no money got the money and now doesn't have any money anymore. That's really so got to mess with your worthiness issues. Totally, totally does. <laughs> I had a friend who his whole business was loaning lottery winners. Um, they lottery winners get paid if they do it you know do the annual thing they get paid like say in the beginning of the year. Um, but these people would get so far behind that they would loan them the money for the next payment at 20% interest rate. And that, that was their only business, and they had hundreds of people who were doing this. Oh, right. By, 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 by the way, a very bad annuities. idea to take the annuity. Of course, yeah. So anyone out there who's listening, don't take, take the money because the, take, the cash take, value take of the money is worth a lot more now. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> okay, go ahead with the next paragraph. There is nothing inherently good or bad in anything. Your judgment of it causes it to be good or bad, right or wrong, based on your perspective. Things can be both good and bad, right and wrong, all at the same time. Winning a lottery might be a good might be good and bad. Getting the job you really want might be good and bad. Attracting an illness might be good and bad. These are all experiences and all experiences good. It's just that it might not line up with what you truly want. We suggest that you focus on what's wanted and then allow whatever comes as a result of your focus and intention. Just make sure it's something you truly want and not something that you think you want. Getting to know what you truly want has more to do with knowing who you really are and why you came here. Your loved, Joshua. Right. So this is the whole topic of the show is figuring out what it is you truly want and not what you think you want and not what other people you know think is good but what you want and why you act why you came here and what you're here to do and uh so <clears throat> winning the lottery is not going to help you get there uh and in fact it can screw up your life probably so i just, no longer want to win the lottery probably just exacerbates any issues you have currently because you'll have more time to think about them yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine that you say, okay, I want to, <clears throat> a lot of people say, I want to um, give back. And me and uh, um, Tim, Janine's husband, were talking last night, and <laughs> we were like, okay, this guy is just going to come up and now borrow more money, you know? <laughs> and, and then he's going to be, and you're going to give him money, and this is the guy, Tim only gave me a million dollars. He won one point four billion. He only gave me a million. He's so cheap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like you mean there's kind of, all you do all day long is write checks to people. You know, that's all you're going to be doing all day long, and none of them are going to appreciate it, and it's all going to screw up their lives as well. And then, yeah, and so we're talking about playing right. poker. You, if and you, you have win one point four, tax on it. 
and you got to pay taxes on it, right? And if you play poker, you're gonna like have to go somewhere to play in limits that will be interesting to you, and you're gonna probably play out of your league, and it's not gonna be nearly as much fun as you have playing how we play. So, so uh, <clears throat> yeah. I don't think that getting 1.4 billion or 400 million or whatever is gonna really be a good thing. You know, uh, Tim and I had acquaintances um, that won the lottery, and we never knew what the amount was, nor would I ask them. That's really none of my business. But uh-huh. they didn't want anyone to know they won, you know, yeah. because they were afraid, uh, uh, afraid, literally, yeah. of, of the ramifications. Like, what would, who's going to be knocking on their door? Because already family was, you know, yeah. oh, you know, and everybody's coming up with these dire needs and, and wants and, and requesting it of you. And they felt bad, you know, at some point they just had a, you know, enough is enough mm-hmm. um, and, and worry about their retirement and, um, you know, finances. But um, so sometimes like I can see where it can be good, but it also can be very bad. And uh, by the way, where did every, where did that saying um, money is the root of evil come from? It's from the New Testament, but it, but it's misquoted. Right. What it, what it, it's, should it's a, it's a misquote. It is. It, the the quote it was something about um it was the love of money is the root of all evil. Not yeah. not money. Uh, right. Not the money. The money is neutral. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting because I you know it, it, I'm sure we've all seen it. There's so many people that that are blessed with so much money yet they don't have happiness. So is money going to bring you joy and happiness? Absolutely not. You know um it was funny when we moved to Palm Beach. So <clears throat> we had always wanted to live in Palm Beach, and we finally had a chance to. Uh, I found this house for rent um, for three thousand a month, which is you know you can't rent a house under ten thousand. And this was a small house, but it was really in the middle of town. It was in perfect condition, had a pool. It was really cute, and we're like right on Coconut Row in the middle of Palm Beach. So. <laughs> friends would go How, what's it like living in Palm Beach I go it is fantastic everyone is in their Bentleys they're driving they have a smile on their face everyone is so happy like really no <laughs> no one's happy all this as miserable as everyone else is no yeah. one's driving their $200,000 Bentley smiling they're always <laughs> got that same right. expression on their face you know, you right. think well, that- every, everyone's got everyone has issues yeah, that they perceive you know, you also have, you know, as Janine pointed out, you all of a sudden, if you have money, people are coming out of the woodworks, you know, seeking to get the money from you. It's the entourage factor that a lot of the NFL and NBA players have. Right. Yeah. You also you also have, you know, you also then start having to worry about your own personal safety. So, you know, with, right. What would you rather have, money or happiness? Well, because it doesn't seem like money. Anyone with a lot of money is that happy? You can. I, I think there's no I'd be difference. Happy, but. Yeah, I'm going to say that the only difference between these people who have a whole bunch of money is they have that one belief about money that's different. Right, but it doesn't make them happy. Right. There's no yeah. difference. I was saying there's no difference than, than, right. than anybody. The homeless person and the super rich person, it's just they have a different belief about money. And all the right. other aspects of their personality, the they, they have the same issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although, although I've worked with and met you know some people who are very wealthy and who are very happy, but that's because they're very happy. Right. They're very happy. Exactly. If you're happy I when you're too. poor and you win the lottery, you'll probably be happy when you got the money. Right. That's right. Yeah, it'll match your general feeling. So, what would be Joshua's take on uh, family members wanting wanting some of the money? I think uh, this is our own limiting belief about money that we're worrying about this thing. It probably isn't that big of a deal. You'd probably be happy to give family members money, you know. Yeah, if it felt good, you should yeah. do it. Yeah. If, if it didn't feel good, you should say no and not feel guilty. Yep. We our our belief that that aspect of winning the lottery um, would happen is our limiting belief showing up. And Michael, yeah. you, your your fear, your your fearing for your safety. Well, that, that people, would, well, pe- you know, ultra rich people usually hire bodyguards. That's based on now could but could anything happen to them if they were felt completely safe and secure well i guess according to joshua the answer is no <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> i know it's a hard a hard leap isn't it to to just say yeah that's they're creating their world and uh, yep <clears throat> if they're so, not a vibrational match for any for danger then they won't happen 
Right. Do, do you know my dad used to take me to the track when I was young, um, and all the time he would take and and then if we had any friends join us, you know, it was just a fun. He would say, "What do you want? What number? What you know?" And we'd all pick what we want. Whenever he won, he would always share the money, and it didn't matter if it was my friend that he just met or. Uh-huh. Know, a sister or a brother, everybody got the exact same. Whatever he won, he always gave a thing. So that happened you know, <laughs> New Year's Eve, and Tim hit that you know money at the casino when uh-huh. he came. He handed the boys each a hundred. I mean, my goodness, you should have saw the smile on their faces. Oh you know, wow! Back a lot of times makes and and also too. I'm very much. I I hold the belief that when you give, universe gives back to you. It's all the circle of life. So people, I tell people this all the time. If you're going to hold on to your money with two hands like that it's going to slip right through it but when you give uh, and and you know really and truly I, I i think that's how tim and i are as people we would if this shirt was the last shirt on our backs we'd probably give it to you um yeah. but that's how it is i'm not saying that overly you know obviously you have to work within the contents of what you can and cannot do to keep your family and your home going properly but but it is the laws of the universe give and it shall be received it just is a circle of and, and that money shows up, like you were all saying, mentioning earlier, in miraculous ways. We never know where it's coming, but it's, it suddenly shows up. So really, there was no need to worry about it in the first well, place. I would say, yeah, practice the belief that money shows up in, from unusual places and see what happens. Pam Grout's book is all about that, too. And there's a couple of um, experiments about um, you know, intend, you know, having intentions for money to show up in an unusual way, and then you give it a 48-hour deadline. It's really a cool thing. And there's tons of um, YouTube videos where people do the exper- experiments online and show it. It's really cool. But um, I think just practicing that understanding that money can come from unusual places, and you don't have to see it coming from your paycheck. Just yeah. broaden that idea a little bit. Yeah, I've got to do that. I, I... Yeah, uh, that's something we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like it, it, there, there was an issue with that. I think there's a Joshua question in there. It, it, but imagine perhaps, how many perhaps. Parts, yeah. imagine how many of your listeners are feeling better right this minute, knowing that they are really very lucky that they didn't win that lottery. I think they are feeling good about it now. We did we did a service to them. That's right. Um, that's right. You poor people who won the lottery, you know. <laughs> They're probably not listening to us, those people. (laughs) (laughs) They're They're still hung over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Getting their yacht. Uh, um, In the World Series of Poker, um, it's the November 9, the last nine players, they finish the tournament in July or August, and then they each get a million dollars, because that's the ninth place gets a million, and then they come in November to finish the tournament, and the winner might get, you know, I don't know, twenty million or something, right? And the ninth place guy gets a million, but they all get that money um, back in in uh, August, and then now they have a chance to get more money. And the guy that goes out on on that ninth place is always so upset because they didn't get anything more than the million. It's just such a puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone feels bad for him too. Oh, the poor guy. <laughs> yeah. So money, if you think of it as <clears throat> energy, that is really um a better way to look at it. Just and that you don't want to store energy. You want to use it and make the energy flow. And Joshua and Abraham all talk the same way about money. It's just a flow of energy. So I need to get okay with the fact that I'll never, like, ha- I don't have to get so much of a nest egg that I can, right. like, relax. It's like what I need to do is just embrace the fact that it comes when I need it and it's always going to be there and have that relaxed feeling for the rest of my life. And think about the nest egg that you do have now. So think about whatever's money's in the bank, whatever stocks are, and whatever equity you have in your house. That sort of thing. And just keep thinking, oh, that's I. No matter what happens, I still have that. I and, still got that. And probably yeah. along the lines of Janine, when when you're in a giving mode, you can't give unless you feel abundant, right? That's right. So I think that would be another good um, quality to embrace. As long as you can. Um, you know, feel good while you're giving. Yes, because if you right. feel 
you know, edgy about it or tense about it, that that manifests more tenseness, and that's not what you want. Um, I was reading the Abundance chapter, chapter 10, in A Perception of Reality. And Joshua says, the world is abundant. Resources are not scarce. um, Because no matter what the resources are in the planet, we will always find new technologies to stretch them or use them in different ways so they will never run out. And this is true of oil reserves. If you remember that in the 70s, they were saying that the world supply of oil was in the last 30 years. And now I think the, then they invented the catalytic converter and that doubled the, the on that day, the uh, supply of oil doubled because, <laughs> because gas engines became more efficient. That's pretty well. interesting. There's a book called Unlimited Wealth, and it talks about the fact that when mankind gets on the verge of um, using a resource, some technological breakthrough comes through where now it's not scarce anymore. I'm looking forward to the free energy box that I can just purchase and yeah, install in cool. my house. Yeah. But, you know, really, you have all the energy you could ever want now for a couple hundred bucks a month, right? Mm. 300. <laughs> 300 bucks a month, yeah. So that's pretty inexpensive. Um, I guess I should look at it that way. Yeah. And and if if you had this box that did all the energy you wanted to, all you'd get was $300 a month. Big oh. deal. Well, yeah. maybe I can apply it towards my cars and then I have to buy gas. And Yeah, well, we have an electric car. We don't buy gas. Actually, I would like to invent this free energy box because um, then I would it would be like winning the lottery. I um Which we had a class, <laughs> but your electric car is being, but the electricity is being generated somehow. We can't, yeah. yeah, well, we plug it in every night, and you we can't notice a difference in our electric bill. They say it's twenty five dollars a month, but uh, it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like anything. Um, we had a great course in college, which was called Seminar in Entrepreneurship, and these CEOs of companies would come to our class of ten people. You had to have your own business in college to get in this class. And they would spend two hours or three hours, I think it was once a week, three hours, talking to us about their business. And the guy who invented Sensormatic, which is those tags that go on clothes to prevent shoplifting. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this guy is a you know, very successful, wealthy guy. And he talked about the whole struggle of this invention and that his struggle caused him, you know, uh, to ruin his marriage, ruin his relationship with his friends and families. Um, you know, every day was a struggle. It was a struggle, 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 struggle. And then, tw- you know, 20 years later when he's talking to us, he was talking about he's got a f- uh, factory in, in Deerfield Beach, Florida, and a factory in Puerto Rico, and the people in Deerfield are all smoking pot and never showing up to work, and the, guy, the people in Puerto Rico are all great, working good, and it's such a problem because he has to, you know, try and get this one in Deerfield to work as good as that one. I mean, his whole life was struggle coming up with his invention that you would think, you know, would be such a great thing to have. So the perspective is that, you know, um, I don't think you have to win the lottery or have an invention to make money that's going to make your life better than it is. I think that it, the perspective is to realize how great your life is now Keep focusing on how great your life is, and then more will come out of that. That's my my. You, what I, I got. As you were saying it, I'm thinking. You know, I'm, I'm we're going on a cruise in a month, right? Yep. And then I'm, I I just for the first time I booked Italy. I get to go to Italy with my daughter in April, which is going to be amazing. And then I have a motorcycle trip uh, to Canada in September. Life's pretty good. I sh- really should just focus on. Um, Especially for you, you're half the times we're doing these recordings. You're in some beautiful destination. You were on the beach yes, last week. I saw your Facebook p- picture of that. Yeah, you he's know. always remote on location. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in California. I, I do think. I do think, though, we do have to be financially responsible too. I mean, people. That's why so many of the lottery winners they just squander the money away. You know. Okay, but they're not being financially responsible. They're not a vibrational match to the money. That's no matter true. how financially responsible they would could be, they could put it all in a bank, and the bank could go out of business right. or whatever. I'm not but saying that. 
But, right. You know. But but Steve, by no means did I mean that towards you because you're actually far. I think you're far. My perception is that you're further along than you really even know that you are. Oh, because I agree. Look at all totally these trips agree. that you're manifesting. I mean, you already have, you know, the same thing here. I'm, I feel so lucky and so blessed. I mean, we're. I too am going on the cruise and then in April leave for South Africa for two weeks. It's going to be amazing. And I, but I'm all about traveling and seeing the world. So it's always like, to me, that's my heart's desire. That's my passion. I love meeting new people, learning new customs, and it's always making the next thing happen. So if we have, we work to make that happen, you know, you are like nationally abundant. I think your perspective is, is focused on the abundance that exists in your life now. And a lot of people are focused on the lack of – and that is a perception between where they are or where they think they are and where they think they want to be. Um, but they don't know where this other place is and what comes with it. Mm, well, you know, do you right. think that's to be – I have a little uh, a little bottle a friend gave me. It says abundance, and I spray it around me every day. Yeah. You're <laughs> focused on abundance. I, I could care and less. most people are focused on lack. It, yeah. It's – probably a nice uh you know cologne or something but i don't care it just feels right i'm just like i spray myself with it <laughs> little we, spritz in there <laughs> when we went we went into business That's with great. our best friends and they were we were lily and i were, have always been business people we've never worked we've always had our own business and so we bought our restaurant franchise we're the franchisors and we went into it we wanted to bring a couple people in, and our best friend says, no, we want to be in it with you 50-50. We don't want anyone else to be in it. And we wanted to get a group of silent partners in, but, uh, <clears throat> and they were people who had jobs. He was a drug rep, and she was a dental assistant, right? And they were our best friends, and we ha- had the business. It was going great, and we were, they, they got all their money back that they invested in it, and then they were getting a monthly check every month, and... um you know, we were we were. It was the middle of the height of everything, and we were doing some fun things and taking trips and going to these uh, franchise shows and taking limos instead of cabs and eating at great restaurants uh, like the Four Seasons and stuff like that. And they could not handle that at all, and they decided they wanted um, someone else to run the company than Lily and hire a, hire a CEO for a hundred thousand a year or whatever it was. And it's like <clears throat> that conflict completely blew up and now we don't talk to them anymore so you got to be careful about you know that was all a successful thing and then we paid them five hundred thousand dollars to buy them out and they went bankrupt a year later oh yeah can you imagine that <clears throat> they needed joshua we did too though but that was pre-joshua <laughs> okay right had we known what we know now it would be a totally different thing we probably wouldn't have bought the business okay you know so we were thinking, oh, we'll have this business, we'll bring in all this money, it's a great thing, we'll build it up. And it was pretty much um, a pain in the ass the whole time. Right. Until well, now. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we have to be careful about what we wish for. That's what I'm saying. you got to be careful right. what you wish for. So you may not want to invent that machine that makes energy because the oil cartel will um, come and get Take you. Take me out. <laughs> Take you out. <laughs> Well, I think I think there have been a few a few uh, a few espionage books like that. Yeah. Um, another thing Joshua says is that we we take our the abundance we have that exists in our life for granted, and I think we really got to start focusing on what we have. I mean, we live in the top one percent of one percent, and if you if you just consider our lives compared to the whole history of man and all the billions of people that have lived. Who's got it better than us? Just having running water is amazing. Yep. All right. I see that we're yeah. coming to the end of our time. Gary, can I just mention one other thing? You got five seconds. Go ahead. Okay. I just Take wanted to say. No, five seconds. I just wanted to say I too lived with lack early on, and look uh-huh. where I've come. So everybody can go through their journey, That's you know. Right. And yep. we we it, so it should give everyone hope. It's good to to live in a little lack, get out of the lack, and then live abundantly. Release the fear and move forward. You guys, this has been another wonderful, awesome, incredible, terrific show. Um, May have topped last week's show, which last week was the best show we ever did. This could be the best one. I'm so thankful 
that you guys are with us. I'm so appreciative of all the listeners who write in and ask questions and uh, say hi. It's totally awesome. Uh, we even got a few donations this week, which is really cool. Which That money goes back to keeping the website going and all that stuff and the books out there. So until next week, we will see you again. Bye, all. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. And thank you, thanks to everybody. Have a great week. See you later. Thanks for listening to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable with Gary Temple Bodley. We will be back next week with another fun discussion. If you would like to ask Joshua a question or read more of Joshua's teachings, please visit us at theteachingsofjoshua.com. See you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.